Welcome back, real estate rock stars. Today, we are going to dive deep into systems. I'm talking your CRM from the moment a lead comes into your universe all the way up until the closing table and all of the automations in between. We also dig into campaigns within your CRM and lead magnets to capture information automatically. We wrap up the show with how to get started if you're not naturally a salesperson, which if we're honest, is most of the people out there, right? Today's guest is Caroline Hobbs out of Silicon Valley, California. She's been an agent for 15 years and closes roughly 80 million in volume annually as the leader of a small brokerage of six. Caroline is a boss when it comes to anything database related technology-driven, or efficient. Real Estate Rockstars, welcome Caroline Hobbs. Caroline, you are a self-proclaimed systems nerd. I don't think you use those words. Those are my words, but that is the gist. So could you talk to us about either the systems in your real estate business or how you built them, whatever comes to mind in regard to systems? Absolutely. Um, so I've been in real estate for about 15 years. And when I first started, I worked for an agent who was at the time ranked number one uh, throughout all of Keller Williams internationally. And at the time, this was back in 2008, she had a database of over 10,000 people. And I mean, this is before most CRMs even existed. And so having a database that size was really unheard of. And it was my job to organize and kind of figure it out. Um, little did I know at the time that that training was going to really set me up for the rest of my career. But um, yeah, so you, if you ask any top producing agent, um, your CRM is like your number one best friend in real estate. It keeps you connected with every person that you meet, keeps your past clients organized, and hopefully um, gives you opportunity to market to them throughout the year so that you can stay top of mind and earn referrals. Um, so that's kind of what we focus on in our office and on our team and in the systems that we're building is how do we make it easier for agents to elevate the customer experience for their clients without adding more tasks to their everyday job? Because we already have way too many things to take care of. <laughs> it, is, it is so true. And I know that like everyone listening, they're like, man, I know that I should be using my CRM and mm -hmm. I'm going to get to it maybe tomorrow, maybe next quarter, maybe next year, because there's some like mental hurdle about it. And I think it's because a lot of agents, they're, you know, intimidated because yeah. they don't really understand it. So I guess, how does it work for the agents in your brokerage who you work with in using their CRM? So we make it really easy um, for every single lead to just kind of fall in there with the exception of the contacts in your cell phone. Um, we are currently on follow-up boss, which is very convenient, has a mobile app. Um, we are very high users of the Twilio company numbers that they have in there. That to me as a team leader has been such a game-changing feature. Can you um, say, what, what do you mean by that? What is that? 
Okay, so there are um, kind of like these smart numbers that are automatically assigned to your profile. So as an agency owner, I have company numbers and then all, each of my agents are assigned a phone number as well. Um, we retagged the company numbers and kind of switched them up a little bit. So depending on the team that the lead was generated for, that phone number will be used on the marketing pieces for that. So all of those team members can be um, either round robined uh, to receive the leads or they can be, um, you know, first come, first serve, whoever picks up the phone first. Um, so in a world where, you know, keeping up with your leads from the second that they come in, you know, how much of the time is speed to lead? Um, so important. It, you know, it really helps us capture, capture every single opportunity as it arises. Um, okay. You mentioned how your leads essentially just like fall in there, except for the contacts on someone's phone help. How are things falling into my CRM? Um, there's a lot of different ways. So, you know, there's, it depends if we're talking about like different marketing companies where we're talking about realtor.com or Zillow or whatever it is. Um, Follow-up boss has some pretty cool features built in where um, it'll actually scan your email address. And so when it sees uh, emails from certain addresses, it marks them as understanding it's a lead and then uses uh, image placement tags to be able to read it and create the new contact in your database. Okay, so to confirm, so what we're saying is follow-up boss is the CRM and mm -hmm. The, the CRM is attached to multiple different lead generating um, marketing strategies. So whether you're paying for ads on realtor.com or you use some other examples, but basically it's connected. And so when a lead comes in from that source, it is automatically added to follow-up boss and assigned to whichever user on the internal um, follow-up boss, like CRM side to action that lead. Exactly. Okay. Oh, nailed it. And, yeah. So, you know, I think part of the problem why realtors don't end up using their CRM as much as they should be is right now you have to go into a lot of different places in order to even transact, you know, whether it's um, your MLS, your forms program, maybe your office has a different CRM than what you're using or some kind of backlog system. Um people are having to go and duplicate efforts with putting different things in. So that's one of the things that we're trying to accomplish at our office. I am a firm believer that if you're putting information into the system more than once, it's inefficient. 100%. So there needs to be, and, and I think that's kind of one of the areas that's been lacking in real estate, is there's so much more technology that is so much more robust in other industries that just hasn't trickled into our industry. And so by looking outside of the box, we've been able to integrate and implement um, some additional tools that uh, are really game changers and just are not available through traditional softwares that realtors find. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the CRM would be used a lot uh, more readily. You're right, if it wasn't duplicating you know, actions throughout different pieces of software. Um, for, are you using like Zapier to connect those systems to your CRM or what does that look like? Um, sometimes, 
It just depends on the program. Um, Because we are actually building our own CRM right now from scratch, it's more of uh, native integration partners via API that we're using, which is kind of just a bridge over Zapier. So we don't have to actually go through that third party to complete the actions, so to speak. Um, In other roles, then yeah, it is just a Zapier integration where you can have, you know, with Zapier integrations, you have less functionality than you would through an API integration. It's more of you can do these 10 specific actions and touch these 10 specific fields, but you can't, the customizations are very limited typically. Okay, I think something that might be helpful is to kind of like lay out, I guess, a pathway for the, hypothetically, the lead comes in, we can pick any method you want. Yeah. Understanding what happens in your CRM or or just giving an, an outline of that so that way listeners could try to duplicate within their own exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, marketing to be successful has to be an even exchange of information. Nobody wants to just give their contact information away and say, please harass me for the next 20 years. <laughs> you know, it's they they need to feel that they're getting some kind of value. So whether it's um, a showing request on Zillow or a seller guide download via social media or whatnot, um, they also need to know that you're a real person and not just a company. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people forget when they build these lead funnels and, and marketing solutions is that human touch is still imperative to the transaction. Um, if you ask anybody with any money saved in the bank, 99% of the time, they're going to have a financial advisor. You know, yes, sure, there's Robinhood and you can go on E-Trade and create your own profiles, but is that really the best option with a large investment? And for most people, your home is the largest investment you have. So from the time a lead comes in, we actually have a action plan that's just for lead day one. And that when that happens, they're going to come into the database. Um, they're going to be assigned an agent. They're going to be set up on a home search based on their criteria they were looking on or the property that they requested. They're going to get a call from their agent. Um, and if the they are not able to connect via phone, they'll get a text message from the agent um, introducing themselves and a call the next day. Um, days two through 24, depending on whether or not you made contact with the person day one or not, um, really is for providing information about our brokerage or services, um, what you, you can expect from the home buying process, along with um, personal touches via social media. Um, we friend request them on day Ooh, one. Smart. Yeah. And then do retargeting on everybody in the database as well so that all of our posts um, stay in front of our audience and we stay relevant. Throughout. Okay. I, I need to, I want to come back to this, but I just want to make yeah. sure I'm asking questions along the way that, you know, listeners might be thinking. Totally. So the, the lead comes in and they're mm-hmm. automatically set up on, um, you know, that home search based on whatever that criteria was. And the, the trigger that happens on the back end is it like alerts the agent it's been assigned to, and then that tells them to reach out. Is that exactly? 
Okay, gotcha. And that happens or doesn't happen. But then you said from day two through, I believe, 24 was um, informational. And so is the majority of that through email campaigns or besides like the personal touches, like where is the bulk of that happening? Yeah. So emails will go out every four days, just talking about the buying process. Um, the first email that goes out is a video email where it's an introduction of the assigned agent just saying, hi, I'm so excited to help you with your home search. If you have any questions, my contact information is listed below. Also is a link to my calendar where you can schedule showings with me. Mm. And the um, video, is that through Follow Up Boss or is that like BombBomb or some other app? It's an, it's an unlisted YouTube video. Gotcha, okay, mm -hmm. sorry, go on. Just make it easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so days two through 24, there's uh, emails that go out, but then there's also um, text messages that go out as well as scheduled phone calls. So right now with Follow Up Boss, anytime you have a task assigned to you on that day, it's gonna come up on a hot sheet. I'll be building a similar functionality out um, on mine because to me, that has been such a game changer for my agents. I tell them every single day, I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry about anything else. Take a look at your hot sheet. That's going to list everybody that has been opening emails, viewing properties that you're assigned to. It will also um, list all of your assigned tasks for the day. So every person that you're scheduled to call for that day is listed right there, um, making it really easy for you to just kind of go down the checklist and mark things off. Do they call with their Twilio number that's been assigned to them? I always recommend it. Um, it it logs the call better. And it, with text messages and things like that, it logs the communication as well. Um, you know, different brokers have different rules as far as logging communication throughout a transaction. Um, some brokerages will actually have you copy and paste all of your text messages into a file to submit. Um, this kind of just keeps it all centralized in like one location. So you don't have to worry about anything being lost and it helps reduce risk in case of a lawsuit at some point down the road. Okay, gotcha. So from that first two through 24 days, there's a series of information, there's video, there's text, there's calls, you're friending them on Facebook, you're shooting them a mm -hmm. DM, all the love. Um, and using the hot sheet as the reminder, it's all automated through Follow Up Boss to provide the agent, this is what you need to do, your task list for the day. Exactly, correct? exactly. Okay, then what? Um, from there, they kind of fall into a nurture area. Um, for my specific, for my team, um, anyone that goes into nurture and hasn't like been followed up with, um, after about three months, they go into a lead pond where we use those for new agents as they join the team to get them up and running. Yeah, um, make some calls. I'm, yeah, bring <laughs> it in. Reinvigorate right. the uh, <laughs> those leads. Yep. Um, and it's funny because it's you know depending on the lead source, kind of depends on how quickly that lead is going to transact. Um, a lot of these new live transfers that like Zillow and Realtor.com are doing um, are really effective because of the fact that they've already talked to an ISA on the phone. They've confirmed that they're in the market. They've confirmed that they're not working with an agent. They're being passed off to you. And then, you know, your job is really just to set the appointment. 
Right. They already picked out a house normally. Exactly. Like, I want to see this house. Okay. <laughs> I accept. Right. <laughs> I have the keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so a Zillow lead could convert, you know, one to three months generally is they're very quick to convert. A lot of um, pay-per-click leads are going to be closer to like the three to five month mark as far as transacting social media leads are usually going to take six months plus to convert into any kind of business transaction. So, you know, one of the things that is my mission this year is really measuring profitability and ROI depending on the lead sources. Um, most agents probably don't do this, but I would implore that you do is making a business plan for the next year at the end of each year. Um, we go together and actually do it quarterly. We review all of the programs that we're signed up for. Are we using it? Are we not? Is this dead weight? Is this necessary? And we kind of just take everything to the chopping block. <laughs> no yeah, reason no, to smart. spend money on, yeah, extra, extra programs. Right. But I also am like a serial product tester. <laughs> I sense so, that from you. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a new technology out there and uh, I haven't tried it, I generally sign up and get a demo and spend the time to try and figure it out. Dude, um, that's so cool, but also so exhausting. Like every single day there's a new cool app or AI or whatever. And it just leaves my head spinning half the time. Yeah. So it's... um. It's interesting. I I can see overlaps in people. You start to see trends and what agents are asking for as you start to see like the products that are coming out. You also start to see like what's been successful um, with larger teams because they use all that market data to improve their products. Um, so it's neat to see their roadmap also and like where they're aiming to get and trying to understand if it's a duplicate um, product or if it's, you know, is it a bell and whistle or is it something that is actually going to bring in more business or automate my business so I'm spending less time on menial tasks. What are your favorite things now? What's working now, Caroline? Um, open to close is a transaction management software that we use um, at a very high level in our office. It does a great job at organizing our transactions and putting out dates throughout the transaction. It, that has been a game changer for our business. Postcards for marketing. Um, I send out these little plastic postcards that have a Starbucks card on it. Um, I was trying to see if I have one here on my desk somewhere. You can send one to but... me. I will, I will allow it. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think that the last couple of years I've gotten about a seven times return on my mm -hmm. investment with that. So it's, it's great. I mean, that's what we're all looking for, you know, is how can we get the word out there about our services, spend less money <laughs> and keep the business coming in. And I assume that you're doing this also through your CRM because you know you have the clients and are you assigning them based on like all of our hot clients, the ABC, whatever categorization you wanna do, and then mm -hmm. you set them on a reoccurring Starbucks thing or how does it work? So 
The that is for mail postcards mainly just for leads. So that's outside of the CRM. However, we do use a dynamic QR code that lands them directly into our CRM as soon as they scan it. Um, it pulls. Is that a special app? app? Or how do you how do I get a dynamic QR code? I have so many questions, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get mine through my printer. Um, my printer is called Dynamic Card. They're out of San okay. Diego. Um, Ivan Farber is the owner of that. Um, so I use that. There's companies like Thanks.io that also use it. Um, a lot of people are using the Flow Code technology. Flow Code is a QR code maker. Um, I've spoken with their marketing department and CTO team in the past. Um, you can get QR codes through them, but even on their highest plan, you'd be paying like a few hundred dollars and only get like 500 QR codes versus, mm -hmm. I mean, most people's farms are a lot more than 500 people. So if you go through a printer, it's, it usually doesn't cost you anything extra. And on top of that, you'll have one for every single piece of mail that you send out. So if you send out 5,000 pieces, you have 5,000 QR codes and you're not being charged for it. So um, really it's better to partner with a printer that is on their enterprise plan. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, if you're doing like large volume mailing. Um, Thanks.io also has it natively integrated. They are very inexpensive for a farming tool. Um, Pretty simplistic. Uh, I do like the Canva interface where you get to make your own designs and things like that. Um, and they have that handwritten printing <laughs> that people love. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of different tools out there. Um, again, I think you're always trying to figure out how are you gonna get their information and how are you gonna let them give you your, their information? You know, like what's going to entice them to do that? Um, because ultimately you don't, you don't just want a whole bunch of email addresses and phone numbers and stuff like that. You want people who are actually going to transact. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'm just trying to figure out how. Could you give an example of a way that you are capturing in a way that they want to give you their information? Is it the Starbucks gift card? It's like scan yeah, this and then you'll get, okay. Well, so <laughs> that's the thing on the Starbucks cards that's so ingenious is it's call, the call to action is a phone call. So they call the smart number, which gets logged into our follow-up boss. And um, we talk to them, we get their um, property address and their email address and we um, set up a follow-up appointment to give them a call back with the information they're requesting. So we get all of that, we set the appointment, we call them back at the given time, go through the comparables with them, and then um, we email them the Starbucks gift card, the actual Starbucks gift card. Okay, so the, post, the, the thing that they're receiving that prompts the call says what? It has a logo and it says, let's meet for coffee with kind of a, a Starbucks-y logo on it. Okay, and then they call it, and on the call is when they find out that they need to give the address and have a follow-up call in order to get the coffee. Yep. Okay. Um, it's written on the card as well. Okay, yeah. With directions. Um, it's, it's funny though, I will tell you, 
a minimum of 50% of the people are like, I don't really want the Starbucks, but I do want to get my property valuation. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I probably, um, I sent out 7,500 of these every single month personally. And just a few. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> um, we usually get about 10 to 15 calls from that. And I maybe spend 60 or $70 on Starbucks cards. Yeah. How much is the, uh, I guess I could math. $10. How much is $10? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> math. So it's like, it's not like I'm sending it to like all 7,500 and I'm spending like tens of thousands of dollars. Gotcha. Um, so it's, okay. yeah, it's like a coded um, paper postcard. It looks like plastic. It's not plastic. It's actually recyclable. Um, but I mean, I get hate calls telling me how I'm killing the environment. And I'm like, well, see the little recycle symbol on the back? It's not plastic. Shame. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That, that is an example of a reason why, you know, those people would be inclined to call for the Starbucks, but also for the information regarding their property. And then from there, I think it's really cool that the call directly feeds into your CRM. And that yes. is that what is the how does that work again it's called a smart number um yeah i think a number of crms have them nowadays um i think it's one of the underutilized tools within most crms i think most people just can't understand why they wouldn't just have them call their phone Mm -hmm. and it does call their phone just through the app (laughs) um so it's like voip calling instead of um having a cellular plan um but it works really well for us. Um, it really has been a game changer because I'm in meetings all day long doing software development stuff and, uh, you know, working with vendors and things like that. And so it rings like my phone and my partner's phone for when we get calls for listings. And so he can pick it up, get all the information, feed it over to me, and then I can jump on the call and take the appointment, um, as soon as we have everything ready. Okay. I want to bring it back to make sure that we talk through the the entire process, kind of like we talked about in the mm-hmm. beginning. So so the lead comes in through the marketing channel. There's that follow-up process that happens for the tw- first 24 days. There's a nurture process. But let's say that the person, um, they're like, hey, I'm ready to put in an offer. Can you take us through like the offer contract accepted until close? I know you mentioned open to close. But yeah. any, any systems feedback on that process would be great. So open to close is a form-based program. So if you've ever filled out like a Google form or anything like that before online, it's very similar. So by filling out that information, it now has the information required to plug it in later in the transaction at different designated points. So if I was saying, for example, that we accepted an offer and it has a financing contingency. Then it would ask, what is the financing contingency removal date? And that would go into the calendar and it would send a email to the other side of the transaction the day prior saying, this is just a reminder, your contingency removal is due tomorrow. And then on the day of, it would say, just a reminder, today your contingency removal is due. Okay, so hypothetical, my offer gets accepted, yay! I, the agent, goes back and I input via a form, 
essentially all of the different pieces of the contract to close puzzle. So really thorough upfront. And then the system intakes that information and populates it probably into a calendar that you can view that has, you know, the inspection dates and X, Y, and Z. Creates the timeline emails at the very beginning automatically. Um, Okay. That gets sent to probably myself, the client, maybe the lender. Yeah. Okay. So do you still use a TC? Um, my assistant it uses it access TC for our whole office um, and uses this program. What we're building and actually are just in the ending phases of development on is actually a AI program that will read the purchase contract and fill in these forms for these trigger-based actions so that they automatically go out and you're not even filling out that form. You're more of just reviewing it, uploading any ancillary documents that are needed for the transaction, and then hitting submit and allowing the system to actually process it, organize it, and that's just a dream. Your tease create the valuable <laughs> touch points. <laughs> Very cool. So open to close. Do you think that that's software that a solo agent who does maybe twenty five deals a year is that something? that they should do, or is this more of like for brokerages? Um, So open to close is a very complex system. Um, I wouldn't say that it's for everybody. It takes months to build out and you have to be tech savvy in order to build it out. Good info. Um, (laughs) They... (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's not easy to build, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why, like after building it, we were like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like why is every single person have to continue doing this? Um, I do believe it's on their roadmap to kind of have some templated builds in there for agents and teams to adopt on the spot. Um, I think it depends though, really on how many transactions per year you're closing. Are you closing 10 to 20 transactions a year? Are you closing 50 transactions a year? You know, it's um, because it is a financial investment. And I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. You know, how much are you actually making on every transaction that you're closing um, on whether it's worthwhile? How much do you guys spend on it monthly? um, I actually have absolutely no clue. I think it's about three or 400. I think it's like $400 monthly because we're on the pro plan. Okay. Um, but building it was significantly more expensive than that. (laughs) Took two people six months to do like full time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm listening. uh, I'm I'm not doing open to close anymore. I'm uh, that one off my list. Here's the thing is it's like, if you have a big team or like, it's worthwhile. For, for the Um, long run. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why in the tools that we're building, we're rebuilding that kind of software technology into it so it can all be included as a part of your CRM and transaction processing. Gotcha. Um, so, so your systems go from um, primarily follow-up boss, and then once it goes under contract, it switches to open to close. What are your other major systems that you guys use? That's it. I mean, we use a lot of things for like marketing tools and whatnot, but as far as our major systems go, 
Um, outside of that, we don't need anything else. Um, we have a website and I use a glide for my forms. We're out in California, so we still have access to that platform, but um, we'll likely be making a switch back to SkySlope for too long. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so a lot of times when people think of systems, just like CRM, they kind of like black out a little bit. They're like, man, I know that I need that. I don't even know where to start. What would you say would be a helpful way to start building systems within your real estate business? If you're a solo agent and you're doing 25 transactions a year and you, you have no systems. Um, pick a CRM, pick an open API CRM. Follow-up boss is very easy to build and inexpensive. It, it makes integrations really easy to add bells and whistles as you decide to grow um, through your marketing and different tools and everything that you use. Um, get a CRM and use it. Set up the action plans and set up a phone number and just use it. Um, most people take a look at technologies and only utilize like 15 to 20% of the tools available in them, just rip off the band-aid, spend a weekend, put yourself in a hole and just watch YouTube videos and look at the capabilities out there because there's a lot of information and there's a lot of training and there's a lot of agents willing to share information um, if you just ask. Would you recommend hiring it out? Like I hear this all the time too. People are like, ah, I know I need campaigns. I don't want to take the time to think through what I want all these email messages to say. Can't I just hire someone to write them for me? What are your thoughts on, on that? I think I've hired people to write them for me three or four times, if that says something. Um, at the end of the day, it's your voice. And the emails are going to be a reflection on you. So it doesn't matter what they say but make sure that it's a positive reflection on you and that it's doing business the way that you want to do business. Like, for example, I had um, an agent I was interviewing yesterday to come on to our brokerage and he goes, he was telling me about an email that his system sent out in April of 2020. And it was so like, blind to what was going on with the whole virus and you know that was while we were in lockdown and people were scared people didn't have their jobs nobody knew how they were going to make mortgage payments like there was a lot going on and their system sent out an email about saving money using us get information from us on and he's like i literally watched 200 people unsubscribe from my mailing list that single day Wow. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's great to have things easy and done, but I think there's also, um, you know, a balance with that and making sure that the messaging is on point. So I caution against hiring and spending a lot of money on email templates of any kind. I think that one of the things that I do is I actually, every single time I have a different CRM, I download and I put into a file all of the email templates that they had preloaded into their system. Because <laughs> you don't need to reinvent the wheel, just make a file and then pick your favorites from it and then make tweaks Tweak. to it. 
Yeah, 100%. exactly. It's, it's all about the tweak. <laughs> In the Tom yeah. Perry system, there's like a, there's a saying and it's called R&D, rip off and duplicate. 100%. And I absolutely love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I ask those questions because I hear, but like, okay, I've, I've had that thought too, where it's like, I could just hire someone. I felt that the same when, with social media, I could just hire someone, mm -hmm. but it's, I, I can't in a lot of ways because it is my voice and it is everything that comes out from me personally is an extension of myself. And I, if I just blindly throw money at a problem, don't even review it. It's the same thing with that guy that happened in the middle of COVID. Like that's going yeah. to happen. And, and it seems, you know, in a lot of ways, your reputation and your personal brand are all you freaking have. Yeah. So if you are quick to diminish that and, you know, it's just, what else are you left with? It's, yeah. I mean, for example, this particular agent is very much like a sphere marketing agent where it's like he's built his reputation from his relationships around him. So people getting emails like, are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? Over yeah. and over again are huge turnoff. Like, are you ignoring my emails? Yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good way to get my friend to talk to me about selling their house. Um, so I think really, you know, one of the things, the first things you do with marketing is what is your perfect client? Who do you want to be working with? What kind of language do you use with those kind of people? Um, I think before you write any content, you should always read Phil Jones. Um, he's exactly, exactly what, what saying. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Change the way your brain is thinking and come from a place of value. And I think you'll get much better response rates. Okay, so we have we have your marketing is pumping um, you know leads into your CRM. We have the open to close on the back end. Um, are there other any other primary? I'm trying to think about any other. What else do we? What did we miss? What is something that you think is really important for you and your business? Your systems oriented that you would like to talk mm -hmm. about. Honestly, it's just building the discipline to use the technology that you have, to be honest. Um, I think that's people's number one struggle and to network with other agents, ask people what tools they're using, just like you're asking me right now. And it's, there's so many things out there um, and there's so many opportunities and there's more companies popping up every single day. Um, not everything is gonna work but give any kind of marketing efforts that you're doing at least six months. Um, otherwise you're kind of, you're, you're shortchanging it and um, not really giving it the opportunity. Most marketing does take at least six months to kind of pick up and start seeing a return on. So give yourself that time um, to really focus, find your voice and put out pieces that are more meaningful. I think, Time blocking is a, a huge tool that I use in my own calendar to make the time for those different efforts each month. Are you a Gmail? What, where do you keep your notes, your tasks, your to-dos? Um, like I use Notion or, you know, some people use Evernote or some people have sticky notes or, or maybe you don't have this at all. It's in your brain. There's a lot in my brain and I kind of <laughs> just speak out loud to like my assistant who sits kitty corner from me and listens to me talk all day. Um, but we also use Monday. Um, I utilize tasks, task boards. 
uh, in Google. Um, I really like those because you can assign dates onto calendars. So for like things coming up, trainings and whatnot, um, with like sub actions and things like that. It's it's kind of like a Trello where it, you know you get to move things from column to column. <laughs> I love the move. I use Trello and it just feels so good to keep it, it progressing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you're using, whether you have KV Core or Chime or whatever. I think that, I mean, I always have a notepad with things that I'm like writing down so I don't forget. Um, but it's more of just a reminder to put them back into my system. Into a system, like that. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's that's written on the paper before I leave, I have to have it in the computer. That's exactly how I am too. And like, I will, my, my catch-all is my email. I use superhuman and I love superhuman. And so if I'm ever like out, I just like take a screenshot or like write myself a screenshot and then just email it to myself. Uh -huh. And then I know that it'll come back in and then I can organize it in Notion or put it on a Trello for my VA or whatever. So love it. Yeah, just sharing, Caroline, because why not? Yeah, I've never used Superhuman. <laughs> oh my God, dude, I will, I will geek out on that. So my question, I guess, for you, mm -hmm. um, because I don't email through my CRM. I used Go High Level, and within Go High Level, I may mostly use it for, there's so much I can do. But I you know, store my contacts in there, and I do all my notes and my reminders to follow up. But whenever I do need to send an email, I still go to Superhuman just because of how amazing it is. But curious, mm -hmm. do you send your email through your CRM? Or if not, what do you use? Well, funny you say that. So right now, we're using Constant Contact for our like newsletters and things like that. Um, we do send some email through follow up boss, but I also notice that the deliverability rates are really low when you send through follow up boss. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't love it for that. Uh, Go high level is actually where we're building all of our new software. <gasps> no way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's that is a beast of a program as well. <laughs> it is such a beast. And that's the thing, like you said, you know, we're only using 10 or 15% of its capability. I'm like, that's me with Go High Level, baby. <laughs> yeah. But that 10 to 15% of high level is like 40% of a, a regular Another CRM. Another CRM. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just because it has so many. It's been helpful consolidating because I used to use, you know, JotForm and then mm -hmm. it would populate onto like a Google sheet and I would send it to a VA to like import to a CRM. And now it's like you can build your surveys right and go high yeah. level and the results automatically populate. It's just it takes in like the landing pages. It just takes a lot of things that were separate before and puts it into one platform, which is so nice. Yeah, I think for anyone listening, it's really important to know like Go High Level is a sales and marketing platform. So it's used primarily for SaaS businesses. It's not a real estate CRM. Real estate CRM. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's not right now. I'm building it to be, but it's, <laughs> it is very much not a real estate CRM. So it has, while it has a lot of capabilities for marketing and reporting and things like that, um, I think follow up boss is better if for your needs, listeners. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like um, for, for getting started and getting onto a technology that you just need to use, look mm -hmm. at follow up boss. 
Yeah. It's funny you say that. That's also the one I recommend because, you know, agents all the time will be like, Shelby, what CRM are you using? And I'll be like, well, go high level, but you should probably yeah. use follow up boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, we're building it out to be a lot easier for agents to use and bringing in a lot of those outside components into follow into go high level to create kind of like a super system where you can write contracts view stats on your team, do marketing and, you know, yeah. yeah someone told me the other day and I have not found this yet. And I don't know if they're talking about like opportunities where you can move contacts like in Trello kind of, I don't know if it's that, but they said that um, it, there was like a Trello feature in there where you could do like tasks and build that, which I don't know. Do you know that? Is that possible? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So, More to learn, Caroline. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it is complicated in there, the, the pipeline versus the opportunities and contacts and how to differentiate them. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of little nuances and I have two different sub accounts that I'm one, I'm building them out as contacts and one I'm building it out as opportunities because I have no clue which is the right way to do it. Just so test. I'm like, well, we will. Uh, build it both ways and yeah. see what happens. No better way <laughs> to learn than to just throw it out there. But, okay. So you have, you have followed boss for now soon to be go high level, which I'm sure, you know, you're going to be able to sell in the future to yes. agents who are interested. So agents that's coming soon. Um, but right now you have follow boss, you have open to close. You mentioned Monday. Cause that's the other thing too. Like there's a very clear flow you know, yep. from lead until close, like that makes sense. But there's all these other miscellaneous tasks within the agent world where it's like only focus on, you know, generating business, but also wait, you also need to be a content, cre content creator. And also you need to build relationships with vendors. And also, you, you know, so it's just, it's a lot muddier than people like to say. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, that's one of the things where I've been taking appointments with companies looking to become like a native integration, um, whether they're a creator of templates or a creator of, you know, seller valuations and things like that. Um, just trying to equip people with the best tools um, that I can put into like a single program. And the more I can build in natively, the better. But so there will be upcharges and things like that for specific tools. But as you know, it, you know, it really, um, they make it easy for developers to build really awesome things on their platform. So it's, it's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Okay. And before we had to wrap up, is there anything specific that we didn't touch on that you would like to get a system, stick to it, just use it, upload, start by uploading your holiday card list. If you're a new agent and you don't have a whole bunch of clients to fall back on, Put in all your friends and start talking to them. Start learning how to build these systems, talking to people and staying top of mind. Because, you know, as much as your friends will know what you do for a living and whatnot, um, timing is everything when you follow up with a lead. And so staying front of mind and staying um, prevalent and building that connection in people's brains between you and real estate is really important to generate those referrals. Totally. So. And no one's going to do it for you. There's this, there was no. this like thing in my head where, you know, I hear, I talk to agents all the freaking time, not just on interviewing, but it's literally <laughs> all I do is talk to agents. And I feel like there's this, this thing in their head where they're like, 
well, man, I feel like someone should just be doing this for me, whether it's my brokerage or whether it's my team leader, or whether it's like someone should be. And I'm like, no one is coming to save you. Yeah. You have to save yourself or get off the freaking ship now, dude. We don't want you here. This is a commission <laughs> only business. I'm not sure if you you understood that. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, Caroline, well, so much fun. Yeah. No, I have a couple questions for you. Can't I'll let you escape just yet. Caroline, what events are you going to this year? In the next couple um, months? My next events. So I'm going to Tom Ferry's Elite Retreat at the end of February in Orlando. Um, I'll also be going to a summit that will be in Dallas in August. Me too. I'll be See you there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I may go to spring break in Utah in April. Um, that's always on my radar. CSU has an amazing conference, like spring and her husband. Yeah, they definitely know how to throw a conference. Um, <laughs> there's also a video, a digital, a video blueprint um, in Houston in mm -hmm. April as well that I have my eye on. And um, that's kind of, I, you know, to be honest, like we're going to be finishing our systems and I'm taking my kids to Europe for six weeks this summer. So cool. So I, they're little, but I only have so many years till they're in all the competitive sports and everything like that. So it's like my summers are limited with them. So that's where I'll be this summer. <laughs> I'm coming with you in your suitcase. <laughs> well, that sounds Come awesome though. <laughs> okay. How can listeners help you in your business and where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram, Caroline Hobbs, RE, um, or on Facebook, Caroline Hobbs. Um, my company is rewardrealty.org. That's my brokerage. Um, right now you can email me through that. And the uh, software company that will be coming out in the spring is called onrecord.ai. Perfect. Okay. Everyone, you heard it. Go follow Caroline. Be on the lookout. It's coming soon. We're all excited. I'm super excited. And <laughs> if you want to hang out with me and the owner of the show, you can find us on the gram too, the Shelby show and Aaron Amuchastegui. Hit us up. We always want to hear from you. We love, we've been hearing more and more from you, which is amazing. Keep it coming. Chatty is perfect. Okay. <laughs> Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Super. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. And Real City Rockstars. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.